because this is a church like me, like my, my belief, like my churches that I pastored, grew up in, learned in, learned to, uh, to, to uh, serve the Lord in, this church like this is that kind of oneness that I sense. And then, you know, uh, being picked up by Ray Keating and, uh, and going to the Keating family and the identity that we have with one another, Ray Keating instantly in one day has become a, like a real brother. I love him. I hope that when I grow up, I can be like Ray Keating. <laughs> And he's my, he's my model, he's my ideal out there. And uh, he's an engineer, he's technical, he is smart, he is well-trained, and he's aviation guy, and boy, we're just knocking him off all of the way in the car, and we're going and identifying, going by Boeing and everything. So you, you get this sense of oneness and, and common heart and, uh, and, and even theologically, Ray and I are hitting it off. And eschatology, we're hitting it off. And it's great that we have this identity and this kind of church that's supporting missions and getting up and doing something. What a song. Get up and do something. And I, 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 I just was rolling with that song. And uh, where's that piano player? Where's that piano player? Anyway, any, uh, and, and you, it's got a message to it. Get up and do something. This is what I am about. Stirring the waters, getting people to get up and do something and say, here am I, send me. And so... I praise the Lord that God has given me a life and uh, soon a death. Oh, yes. I mean, how much longer is he going to go anyway? People are always asking that question, in their mind anyway. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it is amazing how God gives you energy. Right, Ray? Energy, enthusiasm, and uh, uh, a willingness to get up and do something. So this is what we're trying to charge this church with. This spirit, this uh, understanding, this word of God that puts the basis into our life to carry the message to the nations. So I praise the Lord. It was missions conferences just exactly like this that God stirred my heart. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, 16 years old, about the time just two years after the, the years that Jim Elliott and, and uh, Nate Saint and Roger Yodarian, missionary missionaries that went to Ecuador, MAF pilot, Nate Saint, when all of that was happening, God was stirring my heart. And somehow, somebody put into me a book just like this one. 
and it's called Jungle Pilot, a story of Nate Saint. And uh, that book was the first book I ever read in my life, and I was 17. <laughs> I'm not a student. <laughs> and, uh, but I had to become a student and went to Bible Institute in New York, practical Bible training school, and then Alaska Bible College, then Columbia Biblical Seminary after Laterno University. And so the Lord has given me an education, and I was, I'm not a student. But I praise the Lord for this education and training, and it helped really steer and direct and, and give me focus on this calling, how to relate, how to connect, with indigenous peoples groups of Alaska and Siberia and how to live among them, how to communicate with them, how to love them, and how to be faithful for the next 60 years serving among them. And so I praise God for people like this, you, who have prayed us through all of the ups and the downs, who bought my lunch every day. Yes, people like you. People like you that have come to help us build 147 churches in the former Soviet Union and Bible schools. People like you, 600 in my congregation in Vestal, New York, who bought tickets and came to Russia during the days in which we had harvest time response. And they were building, and they were teaching, and we filled Irpin Seminary and Kiev Seminary and Habarsk Bible College and many other Bible colleges with Bible teachers like him that came and served, bought tickets, and got up and did something. Listen, there is something for you to do. There is something for you to do, and you're never too old. We have 80-year-olds coming to Alaska this summer to cook and to clean and to work on airplanes and install aircraft radios and to rewire things and to do electrical work and dig ditches and run excavators and bulldozers and grizzlies down in the gravel pit and on and on and on and on. You can do it. Drive a skid steer for Jesus. And, and just get up and do something. And call, call him, pastor. This place needs dusting. Look at the cobwebs. <laughs> and he'll say, get up and do something. <laughs> and so there's work for you to do in the name of, of Jesus Christ and the effort to get the gospel to the nations. And it starts right here cleaning this carpet. What does it take? 
Does it take a teenager to do it? No. When I get home, my wife will say, Sweetie, you've got to mow the lawn. Honey, would you vacuum the, the house? As soon as I get home this afternoon, there'll be work to do. And my wife will be so pleased. And the same thing, when you're working for the Lord Jesus, he will be pleased. It's no kidding. It's no kidding. He told us to do it. He has a plan for us to do it. And when people look at my life, they say, where does he get the energy? The Energizer Bunny King? God does that. Squeaking, creaking, and leaking. <laughs> you got to do it. No kidding. You got to depend on something. No pun intended. And uh, so there is this. There's a lot, and, and you can go and, and serve the Lord no matter what the conditions are. So when I go through the line and the guy says, do you got any metal on you? I say, you don't want to see the list. <laughs> I don't have time to give you the list of parts and pieces and changes and, and stitches and metal and plastic and rubber and on and on. It's all through my body. Stints, bypasses. But here I am. Am I here? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Don't give in to any excuse that comes into your mind that you can't get up and do something. You got up and did something, you came here. And God has work for you to do. I'll put you to work. I need a treasurer badly. I need an accountant. Anybody here count? All you need to do for Kingdom Miracle or to be an accountant is to count. Yes, sign up. KingdomMiracle.org. <laughs> Application. <laughs> Volunteer. I'll put you to work this afternoon. No kidding. We have 14 missionaries that need to be paid next month. How do you do it without an accountant, without a bookkeeper, without a treasurer? They left last month. Do I see that hand? Oh, what I wouldn't give to have you in my baggage going home this afternoon right to Pennsylvania and then to Alaska next month. So there's opportunities. Uh, engine parts. I've got a trailer yet that I'm taking to Alaska that is not quite full. I'm looking for airplane parts. Anybody got any? How about your grandfather? Does he have any airplane parts? Cylinders, crankcases, crankshafts, wings, anything. And we'll take them to Alaska or to Pennsylvania and we'll put them together. We have 40 airplanes, 14 missionaries. They're all pilot, mechanic, instructors. 
and they're training missionary pilots and uh, 20, 25 mechanics, airframe and power plant mechanics will be in Alaska this summer from Letourneau University. There'll be uh, almost 28 pilots, missionary pilots. These are people that are dedicated. These are not people that are going to the airlines. They're not going to become uh, uh, into the industry. I leave that up to Letourneau and Moody and other schools that are training people to serve the Lord in the industry. Got to do it. They've got to be there. There are needs for people in the industry. This is a big theme of Letourneau University. I just came off of a go week and at Letourneau uh, three weeks ago. Uh, and there are people that are brilliant engineers, doctors and nurses, mathematicians and, and educators that are serving the Lord in industry. That is not to be minimized at all. But God calls people to full-time mission work. And that's what we're praying for. And that's the verse of scripture I will share with you from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. When people like Jonathan DeVries, you don't know him, but he's a friend of the Keatings. He's a missionary pilot in Alaska. He is one of our final Czech airmen for all of our people seeking new ratings. Jonathan and Amy found each other there. And, uh, and uh, that was neat. They flew off into the wild blue yonder as a new couple and uh, are living their lives serving uh, with Arctic missions. There are several mission organizations in Alaska that are accepting uh, missionaries. M uh, many of those that go to uh, the missions of Alaska Send International, the one that I worked with for 40-some years and, and Interact and other different mission organizations, many Bible camps, Victory Bible Camp, lots of opportunity to get up and do something and literally get up, get up to Alaska and uh, get something done for the glory of God and the fulfilling of his plan for the ages and a fulfilling of his plan for your life and a fulfilling of the plan of this church to send out laborers. That's the plan here, you know. And so uh, that is all, has been a part of it all. Uh, and and I have the privilege and the honor to still have my senses and my responsibility and my sense of accountability and my sense of understanding of the people of the world, the nations, and the needs that are out there. I thank God that he still has given me this heart and passion to see the people and to feel for that. Did you feel that in the videos this morning? I did. 
I saw the people. Were you excited when you see those people all of a sudden get it? When somebody signed languages to them the gospel? Do you get it? I get it every day. Every single day, God answers my prayer that he will put somebody in my lap that needs to know the gospel. Yes, yesterday, on every flight, a, a young man from Afghanistan, and he, he escaped, and I connected with him about our efforts of rescuing people from Afghanistan. And he looked at me like, how did I know about that? And so I shared with him that story. The next flight was, was a young lady sitting next to me. And uh, I was trying to catch up on my Bible reading, reading the Bible, Bible completely in two years. So I was behind, and I was just having a wonderful time in the Word. I opened up my Bible as, look, my Bible is this big. And uh, uh, I got up to walk around a little bit, and I caught her looking at my Bible. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, she has picked up on something. And so I sat down, and here she had laid her bookmark on her table, on her little table in front of her, and the little bookmark was Romans 8.28. It was aimed so that I could read it just perfectly. <laughs> and uh, so I said, oh, I said, that's one of my favorite verses. And I started to quote it. And she was quoting it with me. Oh, I said, you know the word of God. You're a believer? Yes. We are believers. My husband's sitting right in front of me. He's just become a deacon in our little church in Kentucky. He's the only deacon that we have now. And uh, we're serving the Lord there. Well, wow. It opened right up. And I, here was a Christian. I was a little disappointed because I love to have unbelievers uh, on every flight. And God opens the door. I can, I can tell you, just every, last Saturday, I'm gathering with our missionaries in a little trailer, and, and we're, we're praying that God would send somebody down the road, a stranger that doesn't know Jesus. We do this every day at the ranch. We're 40 miles from the nearest gas station and grocery store. You, if you come down our road... You've got to be either a snooper, trooper, or pooper. And uh, you are ready for us to get, because God has designed that you come down our road. And so we have this opportunity. Every, every day, somebody is snooping at Kingdom Air Corps. And so we know that because we're praying, God has sent them. Last Saturday, they, they, we were praying, and I said, let's pray that God sends somebody down the road that we can share the gospel with. Okay, so we were praying. And one of the, one of the missionaries just snidely says, 
well, let's just pray he's an airframe and power plant mechanic because we've got a lot of work to get done today. And so we prayed. Not 10 minutes later, a strange black pickup starts coming down that road. He's got to be coming specifically for a reason. So we're praying, and uh, so he comes up and knocks at the trailer door. And when he knocks at the well, okay, here's an answer to prayer, you guys. And so we went to the door. He comes in. He says, I, I want to fly my paramotor glider on your runway. Can I do that? And uh, we said, well, that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? Oh, yeah, people think I'm not going to live very long. Like, hello? Well, yeah, you know, the risk that it is, you're, you may not live very long. And you know, there is an end. We are all going to die. Look at me. I'm tomorrow so old. I'm not going to make it till tomorrow, maybe. I know I'm going to die. And so we talked about death. He started to feel convicted. And uh, we sh I shared with him the gospel. And uh, I said, you know, you're an answer to prayer. Oh, really? I often have that statement with people who drive up our driveway. You're an answer to prayer. He is. And so... I said, you're an answer to prayer. We've been praying about people that would come so that we can share our faith just like I did with you. I said, what do you do for a living anyway? He said, I'm an AMP mechanic. <laughs> My missionaries went. <laughs> and so God is, God is specific and he is accurate. And he wants to answer our prayer, especially when it is all about moving people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And when you see this, you are so pleased and so blessed and so isn't God. This is life, I'm telling you. So we are praising God the Lord for these opportunities to train evangelists who are pilots. Church planters who are pilots because like Alaska, 85% of the towns and villages, even our capital. Anybody know the capital of Alaska? No. Do you know? Do you know? And, uh, and so... 85% of the towns and villages, no road. What? 2023, and they don't know how to make roads yet? And all of these villages, nothing? 90% of Siberia, Far East Russia, 90% of the towns and villages, no road. How will we get the job done? We're training missionary pilots as hard and as fast and as careful as we can, we're filled up this year. We're taking applications for 2024. And uh, so this is happening. 
at Kingdom Air Corps in Alaska, in Chickaloon, and in Palmer, and in Pennsylvania, and in Montana, and Texas, and uh, this week, yes, a day before yesterday, I just came from Sacramento talking to 400 uh, Ukrainians and Russians. The church was packed on a, on a Friday night <laughs> prayer meeting. And uh, I, I was almost the only one there that could speak English. Sacramento, a Russian-Ukrainian church. Therefore, I had to speak Russian. And when an 80-year-old got up American, as American as can be, and starts talking fluent Russian, they couldn't believe it. Some of these people just came from Ukraine. They're, they're, they're refugees last week. Some of these people have, and, and the church is packed and overflowing. It's a total Russian-speaking church. And it's being filled up with the enemy. Ukrainians. You talk about a dynamic of huge proportion. What would this church be like if this half were pagans? No idea about what you've been preaching or what's going, no idea about going to the nations. Totally different. I mean, Ukrainians. And by the way, they split women here and men here in this church, but boy, were they warm to me and encouraging. I praise the Lord for this experience. God has given and opened up a door for us to train internationals. One of the distinctives about Kingdom Air Corps is that we're training Russians, Ukrainians, Pakistani, there's no missionary aviation in Pakistan. But we are committed to the plan of God when he said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every nation. Hello? How are you going to get that done? And then the end will come. This is a plan. It's a plan of God. And his plan is, is that we are a part of it because we're sitting here identifying with the truth of getting up and going somewhere and doing something. We're committed to that. We just have to sort out all of the stuff Walmart junk in our bedroom. Home Depot stuff in our garages. Up, oh, we got to go get this bolt. We got to go get this board. We got to go get this pipe. Oh, we need this. We need that. Walmart, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's. Uh, 
it just, this consumption thing has consumed us. And it's like the only thing that we can do anymore to get up and do something because it's projects, 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 projects. Honeydews, needs, stuff. And it crowds out the plan and purpose of God for us and this church. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus knew the plan. He's going about his work. He's healing. He's teaching. He's preaching. He's doing turning over tables. He's doing everything. He's, he is communicating and he's burning up his life. Oh, Jesus, slow down, will you? You're going to burn and you're, you're going to wear out. Jesus, hold it. We've, we've been watching, Kathy and I, have been watching the videos chosen. I saw a lady on the plane yesterday, chosen. I said, hi, I'm God's frozen chosen. <laughs> she looked at me, what? I'm a missionary in Alaska. <laughs> she got it. She got it. And so we are Chosen. I've been watching these time and time again, Kathy, and I've been thrilled about it. And uh, watching what Jesus was doing toward the end of his life, he knew what was going on. He understood. He got it. And he saw the people. And he was burning himself out day and night. Healing, preaching, teaching, going, doing something. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. I know about that. I was there last month, Israel. I saw the towns and villages. A little bit different. But we did go to Nazareth, to a place reconstructed, like it was when Jesus' day. Oh, that was... That was one of my favorite places. Nazareth. Could anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus did. And he was through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. Many, many more stories of people responding to the good news. The good news then is the good news today. Of first importance is this. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. There were many people who were there. They saw it. They testified it. He rose again for us. So that people's burden of sin would be laid away so that people's burden of sin they in that they would get the good news 
I told a story last night, a little bit about my wife. My first wife of 54 years, Carolyn, my high school sweetheart, we were just like that in ministry, in our local church in Vestal, New York, together. Are you married? I, I love this picture. And so that's where we were, 54 years, serving around the world, our Savior and that person to whom we had committed when we were 16 together, 16 and 17. And we knew God had called us in the ministry. The Lord took her home in 2017. And uh, I thought that that was all for me. But along came a hippie. And I married her. Yeah. Yeah. She actually found Jesus as her savior in Alaska in the little town of Toke. And she hitchhiked from L.A. with a girlfriend and a big dog in 1974 and was broke in the first town called Toke. Two hippie girls broke in Toke with a big dog. Nice story. Anyway, they... Uh, were messed up, selling drugs, partying, playing, and living the hippie life. They were kind of the heroes of the town amongst all the young people. And uh, one of her friends that she got in that little town hit a tree, was killed. Kathy Gray was supposed to be with him. She saw what her life would have been. She was scared to death, and she said, I've got to get my life right with God. She saw her sin, and she says, I've got to do something. Paul Harvey got on the radio with the rest of the story, and he told the story of the birds. She was cooking in a little restaurant, and she was spellbound, 24 years old, and she's thinking about her life and got it. Right there, God sent Jesus to communicate and he communicated to her heart and mind. She said, I got to find me a Bible. She went to the Catholic church, middle of the night, 30 below, locked. She looked down and there was a little church just like a third, a, a, a 25% of this area, a little church, faith chapel. She went down, tried the door, came in, and there was a book rack right by the door. And she found a book, Late Great Planet Earth, and she found a Gideon Bible. 
And she took them and she thought, I better not start a new life uh, searching for God by stealing from the church. So she wrote a check and put it up on the guy's pulpit. And he got into, into the pulpit on Sunday morning and uh, he saw this check and nobody knew who this Kathleen Gray was. He asked who that was and nobody knew, but it might be that hippie up at the corner cafe. Monday morning, he went up there with the check and, and showed her the check. She's got her bell bottoms on. She's got her big necklace and, and her band around her neck, flower child right out of California. And he walked up and said, is this you? She stood back and she said, are you the preacher? And he said, yeah, my name is Dwayne King. And I got to meet her, hear her story. You've got to tell Carolyn, she's the book person. She owns those books. And she will be thrilled to death about this story. She told me all about it, told my, took her down there, and then on it went. She went to Bible school. She became involved in our ministry in the Arctic and went on and got married and moved to Maryland. Not to be seen by me for 40 years. <laughs> I went to the Arctic. I went to Russia. And we were gone. We were out of contact with her and most people. I got cancer. I came home from Russia with many operations. And, and uh, I lost my flight physical. I called my airplane association, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, and I asked them for help. And they uh, started talking to me. And next to the helpline for medical medicals, was Kathleen Donzilla. She saw my name pop up on the computer and uh, stole my phone number <laughs> from all of this classified information and uh, she called me, crying in tears, thanking me for what had happened 40 years before. And so, Kathy then became involved at Brooks Range Bible Camp, as you saw. She became involved in writing for Kingdom Air Corps, and then Carolyn died. Kathy came up for the funeral and helped out my family. And then she uh, went back to Maryland, Pennsylvania. And then she came... Uh, uh, back up a year later after thinking about some things and uh, mostly me and I must be in pretty bad shape by then and uh, she came up and said Mr. King can I talk with you 
My granddaughters were looking at this conversation going on back there by the door, and they're wondering, and so, and looking, and I said, well, I'm pretty busy. Uh, I got a lot going on here, and uh, well, okay, the, the weather's IFR, instrument flight rules, and you can't fly, and so, okay, let's talk. What are you gonna do the rest of your life? What's the plan, Mr. King? And I said, well, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Israel. I'm going to Burma. And we're setting up missionary bases all over the world and shipping airplanes and, and, and sending the pilots that we train there. I'm really busy. And uh, you're going to get married? I said, no, I'm not going to get married. I'm 75, squeaking, creaking, and leaking. Nobody going to want this guy. She said, I would. What do you call that? <laughs> Proposal. <laughs> Five years ago, my wife proposed to me. And we're married. Missionaries? Yep. They do those kind of things. <laughs> so, she's waiting for me this afternoon when I get home. And uh, I'm so glad. She's a soul winner. She loves people. And she's seen them like Jesus pointed out in this passage of scripture. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he saw the people, the crowds, listen, we're not seeing the people. We're not seeing the people like Jesus wants us to see them with compassion. Heart. Enough enough to get up and do something, to get up and go, to say, here am I. He says, because they were harassed and helpless. You want to you wanna see a picture of that? Come with me last Friday night and see part of 400 Ukrainians whose houses are flattened, whose lives have been ruined. Everything, you look at some of those pictures, the pictures are all gone. You look at some of, of, of those flats that they live in, the whole walls are gone. The bananas and apples are still on the table. And the walls are blown off. Helpless and harassed. Does it turn your stomach or turn your heart? Jesus says, look at the people and their need. Like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to the disciples, 
The harvest is plentiful. We all know this verse so well. It's plentiful as we've indicated, but the workers are few. Who will stand up and do something? Think about it, you know? Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'm picking fruit every day. It's harvest time for me every day. Because God, God is bringing me the harvest. And it's a thrill to give a life. All of the life. I was born in 42. I was called in 62. I was on a platform just exactly like this when in my church they laid on hands and they sent us to Alaska. For the next 60 years. This is not a wasted life. I want it for you. I don't mean to set myself up at all as an example, except God is faithful. He really is. Who here will stand up and do something for those people? Let's pray. Let's all stand. Father, we, uh, here we are, standing with your word, standing with your truth. I, I praise you, Lord, for the conviction of your truth. We know that truth is the sickle in my spirit's hand that reaps my harvest through the mouth of a man. Where are the men and the women? Lord, I pray right here in this church, your spirit will reap its work in hearts and they will realize that they are the only ones with a mouth to bring the gospel to somebody. Father, bless, we pray, this church. Bring us to the place of surrender. Bring us to the place of understanding and acknowledgement before you. You don't want our life wasted according to your plan and purpose. We pray that there will be people here thinking about it, praying about it, stepping out, 
making a decision to give their lives for your service, for people's sake and your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.